Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut. And every Tuesday, you will be spending more time with me and my friends as I take you through some of the leading ideas out there in the personal finance space that I find interesting and worthy of your time. I've decided to name this segment First Dips, hoping that you and I can get first dips on some of these leading ideas. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey coconuts, happy 2023! Woo! <laughs> new year, new you, new year, new me, right? <laughs> so cheesy. Oh my goodness. But yes, we have been ongoing with this show, this particular show, First Dips. I mean, we've changed name now. This is my second name, right? So far. So I have seeded the financial coconut to the network. And then now uh, my segment is called First Dips. So we've been running for this for like, what, three years? So for all of you that tune in every week, ah, uh, I wonder why. <laughs> But for all of you that are new, thank you. Welcome to the show. And today for the new year, I want to share a little bit, uh, something different, right? To start the year. Because every year I start with like the, what are your goals, blah, blah, blah. This year, as with the backdrop of inflation, I am going to talk a little bit about the no-buy, low-buy situation. Because I think that's one of the best ways to kind of curb inflation, right? Because recently when I texted Daniel, I don't know if you guys know Daniel Tay. The very famous freegan. I said, hey, how are you affected by inflation? He was like, bro, what inflation? I don't buy anything. No inflation. And my mind was like, boom. Whoa, that's interesting. So I'm going to put two and two with Lisa Adulting's no buy, low buy situation and Daniel's ideas. I'm going to share with you some thoughts around this whole no buy, low buy to start your year. Maybe this is the strategy to combat some of the inflation curb that you are facing for 2023 and maybe, maybe for a little longer. <laughs> Welcome back. Good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, Debunking Financial Myths, discovering best financial practices and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your Chief Financial Coconut. And today, we're going to spend some time to talk about low buy and no buy, especially for this year, right? But, but I, I come from the camp that it is not about not spending, it's about spending well. Right, so it's not just about no buying or like totally not. But it's, it's not just the action in itself, but the whole process and the thought process that comes through at the end, hoping to give you more clarity on what do you enjoy, right? What do you really like and how do you spend better? So yeah, so the other day I texted Daniel, uh, the freegan guy, and, and I was like, hey bro, I want to come on the show recently. There's a lot of talk about inflation. And I was wondering, can you come on the show and share your strategies, how do you combat it? Because I know for a fact that this guy doesn't spend a lot of money, right? And then he gave me this very puzzled kind of look and this very puzzled kind of reply. It's like, bro, uh, no inflation. You know, I don't spend, right? I, I don't, and by extension, I'm not spending. I don't absorb the inflation in the market. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's a fair point. 
So I'm still trying to game on the show to talk about some of these things, but uh, that will have to take a little bit longer. You know, casting always takes time, especially all the guests. Our uh, guests has arranged their time, uh, for an angle that they want to come on, uh, blah, blah, blah. So if you didn't know, actually Chills is one of the hardest shows to produce because there's a lot of casting, okay? But on the point of no buy and low buy, it's a very simple idea, okay? It's a very simple idea which essentially tries to bring down your expenses uh, to the best of what you can, which is best is zero, right? That's that's the ideal case, right? (laughs) Ideal case of no buy is literally no buy, zero, right? But of course, we live in the real world, right? We got to live and (laughs) we got to do our thing. Even Lisa adulting is failing, right? She started a no buy year and then became a low buy year. She even come and talk about what is the difference between no buy and low buy, right? So no buy and low buy, right? So essentially low buy means buy a bit more than no buy, right? <laughs> so, but it's all a journey. So uh, check out her channel. I think she's huge on YouTube. She don't need me to shout out, but please uh, check out her channel. I'm very happy that she came on the show. Uh, but the idea here is you want to embark on a process of reducing your consumption to the max such that you can be more aware of what ticks you, what interests you, what do you really want. And at the end of this journey, at the end of one year, okay, let's say we target one year, okay, 2023 will be the coconut no-buy year, okay? And, and at the end of the one year, I think the goal is not just for us to, you know, use this strategy to combat some level of inflation and even save some money along the way. But the idea is at the end of this one year, I hope that we all be a little bit more cognizant of what do we enjoy, what do we like, what do we want to spend on and spend well. And to me, that is the beauty of a no-buy, low-buy year and not just uh, not spending and saving money and invest the rest, right? And then you go on this like pain cycle that you uh, always feel like you're undernourished, you are you know not treating yourself well, you don't feel like you want to be on this cycle of accumulating because you're just not motivated, you're not buying anything, you're not incentivized to do more, right? And to be clear, Singapore is a very hard place to don't buy anything. Huh? It's, a very, it's a very hard place. For all of you that have maybe studied abroad or lucky enough to have studied abroad, work abroad, you know, spent like, not, not like not like two-week Bangkok trip, you know, or not even like one month, you know, backpacking kind of thing, but but you've actually lived abroad for a few months, you know, up to a year or so. You would vividly know that Singapore is very difficult not to consume. Okay, let, let, let me just paint you a simple picture, okay? Name me an MRT stop that when you come out of the MRT, there are no shops. Ah, these days, most MRT stores you come out is linked to the mall straight away. <laughs> Even better. In other words, right, if you mentally shift, okay, mentally, uh, you change these shops into people trying to get your attention because that's what shops do, right? They put out nice display, they put out lights, they play songs. The boss not around any cell. So they put out all these kind of promotion, promo C, whatever kind of stuff. They're all trying to get your attention, right? Sometimes it's quite scary, lah. But it's even more scary if you envision all of them as people, like you know, this auntie, uncle, younger, young guy, or like you know, whatever. And all of them just crowding around the road while you're trying to walk past them, and then they all try to get your attention. Hey, hey come, 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 come. I mean, some people actually do hire promoters to do <laughs> to do that. But yes, just imagine every shop as a person. Or a bunch of people trying to get your attention. That's so scary, right? And it's scary on so many levels. You buy, also scary. Don't buy, also scary. So, and Singapore is like amazing when it comes to that. It's so consumeristic because of how it's built. Not because, you know, like someone at the top is evil trying to get you to consume. Okay, I mean, that's a bit, uh, a bit on the crazy side, huh? <laughs> a bit conspiracy. But the reality is every time you come off an MRT, every major pit stop of your daily life. If you go out, there's just tons of shops, tons of shops trying to get your attention 
and it's so difficult not to buy. Which is why if you talk to someone like like you know like you talk to some of the let's say Australians or like even uh, my friends that live in the UK, they're very excited on like going to the market. Wow, we're going to the farmers market this weekend, or you know, or we're going shopping. Yeah, it's a big thing because they have to drive out right thirty minutes, twenty minutes to get to the market. And then, you know, it's, it's like maybe one area only and then they got to drive to another place. So to them, it's like an affair, you know, it's a thing. Right? Singapore is like, oh, NTC downstairs, all 24 hours, go. <laughs> it's not as exciting, right? Because it's, it's, it's just everywhere and you, you don't feel it. And even, uh, you know, my friends in China, they will go to Shizhi, right? They pao Shizhi, they go to the markets. And yeah, it's a big thing, you know. It's it's like they they all these people, they all the merchants, they pull things together, and voila, right? Of course, over time, a lot of the big cities they all have similar issues. It's not unique to Singapore. It's just that Singapore does it quite well, like, all the way from Tampines to Jurong, right? Uh, other than Jukun and Tuas, you know, <laughs> there's malls at every MRT station. Okay, I I, I would believe like maybe other than Kranji or something, even Yishun has malls. <laughs> eh, wow! <laughs> Shout out to all you Yishun nights, huh? But yeah, that's that's the situation because there are so many malls all around. Everything is trying to get you to consume. A lot of times we consume out of impulse. We we don't, we may or may not really want this thing. Sometimes it's good, it's pleasant surprise. Oh, we didn't know we want this thing. Oh, I didn't know, oh, this thing really worked. Like I bought an electric toothbrush recently. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. What the best buy for the year. You know, but um, there are many other things that fell flat, right? <laughs> it does not help that this day, you know, I got 11, 11, 1, 1, 2, 2, 3, 3, 4, 4. I was joking with my friends two years ago. One day it will be 1, 1, 2, 2, 3, 3, 4, 4. And really happened. Hopefully my friend didn't end up working for like Shopee, Lazada. That's why this happened, okay? But, but we are surrounded by consumer stuff. And a lot of things that we buy is we don't need it. Which is why I love shopping on Carousel. Because in Singapore's Carousel, I may have said this before, in Singapore's Carousel, there are a lot of good things, right? They have a lot of life. Because people buy them out of impulse and then now they're just trying to like let it go and just incur a little bit of loss and then pass to the next person. Whereas, you know, probably you know I live in Subang. So when I'm KL, Wow, the carousel is horrible because everybody uses a new tree already. It's like, it's like this thing has no more life and they still want to get some money out of carousel, you know. Horrible, horrible. But yeah, Singapore is that kind of city and um, uh, it's not a moral judgment. Like it or not, we live in this city or, or many of you guys live in this city. Okay, I still live in this city. La. I come back quite often, right? And it is this situation that I want us to be a little bit more cognizant about and it's this situation that I hope that we can curb along the way so that we can buy well, spend well and buy things that matter to us rather than just indulge in endless buying, right? Look around you, like what do you have in your house that you don't really need? And, and I do think that this is the whole idea of what low buy and no buy is trying to do. But at the same time, it can curb inflation for the year for you. At least, you know, reduce some things, lah, right? So we're going to start uh, three points for all of you to think a little bit about. It's a process that I, I have thought through to kind of bring us through this low buy, no buy idea so that we come out on the other side uh, stronger and better with more awareness. Okay, so the first point, first point of low buy, no buyer to compete inflation and that is you should spend only on food and personal care. This is point number one. Huh? You should only spend on food and personal care. You're not going to buy any other thing. Okay, Which also means uh, you, <laughs> it's not supposed to let you stink, right? You're not supposed to stink and you're not supposed to like, you know, <laughs> collapse or something. So food and personal care that is usually the baseline of all no buy, low buy year, right? So it's not technically like not buying lah, you know? It's like Daniel calls himself a freegan, but he does not technically live free because he still pay utilities, you know? That kind of thing like, like I don't know, maybe guy has went so far these days to have like bought a generator or something. Then even then he had to buy oil, right? maybe he digs for himself. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what he does. But if you listen to my interview with him long time ago, even he spent some money, right? So it's, it's not technically about not spending a single cent but it's really about bringing your expenses 
to survival level, uh, minimal survival level. I know survival doesn't sound very exciting, but it's just really personal care and food. Okay, so toothpaste lah, makan. You don't need me to tell you what to buy lah for food. This is your personal choice. I will not intervene. Huh? But, that, that, but that's the idea. The idea is to bring yourself to a cruising stage where you just live off what you need, right? And no new clothes, no new gadgets, no extra trips, you know, none of those things, right? Just do a low buy, no buy year and live minimal. And in this process, I think it is very interesting because in this process, you not only get to save, lah, maybe invest, lah, you know, and then reduce your expenses, blah, blah, blah. You also get to learn more about your urges and your tics. And I think that's the more important part. Of course, it would be great, right? If you can be even more conscious when you go to the shops, right? Let's say recently, I had an interview with some of the sustainability people and they were telling me, hey, do you know? I was like, uh, so my question to them was, wow, you know, it's very expensive to be sustainable, right? All these like scoops, lah, all these like Atas brand, lah, like Australians, they package themselves, they try to sell to us, right? And then it's like, wow, this glass jar, lah, that thing, also so expensive. And, and I mean, you go there, you buy, you look at the, the weight, how, how much they charge, it's very expensive. Like, why, why, why should I do sustainability in that sense? I mean, I come from a very practical angle. And then this lady, uh, Amanda Lau from Tinkat, okay, Amanda, she replied me to say that, Actually, if you think about it, right, uh, we have been doing a lot of this like sustainability consumption for a long time and that is called the wet market. <laughs> the wet market got no packaging one. You go there, you pick, pick, pick and then they put in one plastic bag but you can actually bring another bag to go there and just take it. Or you can bring your own small little bags, you know, to put your fish, put your chicken. You don't even need packaging, right? So we have been doing this for a long time, right? It's just now packaged and sold to you at the Atas price. But if you go to the wet market, you shop at the wet market. If you think about it, even the fish ball got no packaging. Right, you can just pick the Yong Tao Fu. You know, it's just there. And then I was, I want my mind, my mind blown. Uh. You can say that I don't know why my mind blown by these kind of small things, but it's true. If you think about it, you can be sustainable and then you can uh, save the world a little bit better. And at the same time, you, you maybe even cheaper, right? Sometimes the wet market is a bit cheaper, right? And you support local because you buy direct from the wet market. Uh, most of the money goes direct to the merchants, right? And not go to like big organizations and blah, blah, blah. Right? So it's like, Whoa, that's pretty cool, right? So if you can go that far, that means in your no-buy, low-buy year where you only spend on personal care, I'm, I'm not saying you buy toothbrush from somewhere, like, I don't know, <laughs> like buy toothpaste from some, I don't know, maybe, maybe someone sells that, but yeah. If you can go uh, a little bit further on this like personal care and like, you know, groceries, shopping at the wet market, that is also great, right? It's a, it's a great step forward because that's the only thing you're going to spend for this year. You can be a little bit more conscious, put a little bit more bandwidth on it. Uh, get to know your local merchants. I think those are amazing, right? And as you get to know your local merchants, you form a community. The auntie will give you free chili, free bean sprout. It's true. Okay, it's true. I've seen all the auntie take the chong and everything. It's free, yeah? <laughs> but they must, you must be friends first. You know, first time go, right? So there's a lot of that that I think will be amazing that you could you could achieve, you know? But I'm not saying that you have to do that. So that is one effect that may come out of this no buy, low buy. You're being more conscious of what you spend on and what you buy. But the other thing that I think is even more interesting is that in this low-buy, no-buy process, you get to sense your urges. What is attracting you? Like the boba tea shop, you know, or like, I don't know, what, what like the gadget shop they always go to, or the, the, the bag store they always go to, or I don't know what you always go to. You know, I, I'm very curious. If you can come to our Telegram group and let us know, I'll be amazed. I want to know your consumption breakdown, okay? It'll be amazing for us to know a little bit more about that. But yeah, when you don't get to buy all these things, but you still see them around, well, I think that's damn interesting because you can then recognize your urge, right? What is getting to you? What is, 
what is uh, triggering you in that sense? And and trigger, I know I use it very loosely. It's not a bad thing, but it's just more like what is enticing you, what's invigorating you, right? And then, and I think that is so interesting because that gives you a clearer idea of of what 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 you were used to spending and what is uh what is ticking your your wallets and all that. And then after that, at the end of the process, you can decide whether you still want to spend on that, right? I think that is so, so interesting. So it's not just about being conscious about what you spend and bringing that spending down to like personal care and food only. It's not even about conscious or going wet market, whatever, not about that. But the idea that now you're restraining yourself, you're putting willpower to not spend on other things. At the same time, you recognize these things and... Wow, that, that is like a process of deconsumerism. I don't know. And you become more aware. Like, why are you enticed to spend on this thing? And that is the question. And that is also point number two, which is to track every time you say no to spending on something. I know you're using willpower to do that. But what I want you to do is not just to recognize as willpower is tiring, but to track it down. And we'll come back to you afterward from our sponsor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ah, okay. So my family actually stays in Tampines, right? So shout out to all you Tampines people. You know, I'm not going to take sides, okay? West side also beautiful. East side also beautiful. I grew up in the east side, okay? So I always thought east side, best side, you know, I can take that side. Very good, right? But until I started traveling to the west, I was like, oh my God, Chinese garden is so beautiful. You know, and uh, uh, like Yuhua area is so beautiful. Like it's just like, oh my God, so China, I love it, right? So I'm like, I'm like a deep China, right? And I'm not shy to say I'm China, right? In that sense. But it's, it's a different way of life. I, I do feel like the West is a bit more, more spread out, which is amazing because the East is so crowded. I tell people, you know, what, what's a recurring thing in Tampanese? How do you know you're in Tampanese when you cannot walk straight? Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> Have you gone to like Tampanese Interchange? You cannot walk straight. And they're building more HDB flats around. Oh my goodness. So yeah, iconic about Tampanese are uh, problematic. Uh, I will not go there. Maybe one day when I run for mayor, I will tell you, okay? <laughs> But yes, what I want you to do is every time you feel like you're enticed or you feel like you're tingling, right? You feel like you're using willpower to not spend on something during this low buy, no buy year. Write it down. I, I don't, don't need to be very complicated, man. Really, right? don't need to be very complicated. Okay, what you can potentially do, okay, simple, huh? what you can potentially do is to just set up a simple note on your notepad. You know, like your phone say, oh, I have notepad, right? Very simple, right? Notepad, you just put, I don't know, first thing, maybe uh, earphones or like, gadgets or, you know, like clothes or like, I don't know, whatever whatever you feel triggered and enticed to buy, you know, a cosmetic lipstick, you know, or, or something, right? Some of these things that you feel like it's, you, you need it, but actually it's not part of this low buy, no buy situation because the goal is at the end to question why you need it and what, how much you need, you know, like how much of these things do you need, right? And why you need them, right? So every time you feel triggered, okay, let's say we take um, lipstick, okay, I'm not being sexist here, okay, let's say lipstick because, okay, why, why, why I choose lipstick? Because I really think some of the girls have a lot of lipstick. I was like, girl, you got two lips, right? Or maybe one pair of lips. Like, how many lipsticks do you need? Okay, but anyway, please educate me, okay? I will learn along the way. And next year, I think we have some programming with some cosmetic people and all that. Wow, it's like, okay, lor. Yeah, so, so we'll learn now, we'll learn along the way. 
Okay, let's say we take lipsticks. Every time you walk past, you feel triggered. Okay, and then lipsticks become a line on your notepad, right? It can be notes, it can be whatever app you want, Notion, anything you use. Lips. Okay, and then every time you feel triggered, you put one. Okay, so you put a one next to lipsticks. And then the next time you feel triggered, you put two, right? So you change the one to two, to three, to four, to five. Okay, let's say how many times you feel triggered. At the end of the month, okay, and then you be a point, right? Let's say the first month will be like 30. Okay, every day you walk past the lipstick store, you feel like, hey, I want to potentially get this thing, right? I feel like I'm enticed by it. Okay, then you put, 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 put. At the end of the month, you realize, oh, 30 was the first month. So that means every day or maybe every other day, you get triggered once or twice. Or like you feel like, oh, I, I, I want to do this. I know trigger is a, I shouldn't use this word so loosely, but it's more like, um, you, you feel like enticed or invigorated. You feel like you want it, right? Um, and every time you use willpower to go against that will or, or that want, that desire, please indicate it. At the end of the month, you collate to one number. It can be 30. And then the next month, you start another digit next to this 30. Okay, so the notepad should look like lipstick, 30. And then the next month will be like 1, 2, 3, 4. At the end of the month, you collate again. Okay, it can be 35, can be 25, can be 30. Up to you. All right, and then every month, you collate. So the next month, March, you start again. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And then, so at the end of like maybe a few months, it should look like lipstick, 30, 25, 35, 20, 25, something like that. Right, so if let's say by collating this thing, you are collating very raw data on how much are you feeling out of this situation. And it can be a very interesting trend, right? Because some things may stay high all the way. It can be like, I want to buy a new plant, right? I always walk past this, you know, like, like I have a small little garden and every time I walk past the gardening shop, I feel like, oh, I want to buy a new plant. I want to buy a new flower, right? And it's always that it's staying high all the way after six months, after one year, at the end of this no buy, low buy year, it still stays high. And in this process, you ask yourself, why do I really want this thing? How does it serve me? What need does it meet? And it also shows that you truly want this thing, right? So it's a very good indicator. But if you collate this number at the end of the year, it keeps dropping, 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 dropping. And then at the end of the year, you start thinking about it. Then in other words, you're kind of like de-shackled from it, right? You're no longer using willpower from it. You don't care about it anymore. And then maybe your brain will need to rationalize. Oh, maybe because last time I watched too much ads. Lah, or all my friends have it. I want to have it. But actually, I think about it. Uh, okay, lah, you know, a few is enough. I don't need so many. Like, hey, like, I used to have a shoe problem. I have a lot of shoes, okay? Now, now I don't even wear a lot of that. I just wear a pair of slippers and one pair of shoes. That's it. Right, so, so, so that's the the idea here, right? As you go through this process, you note them down. At the end of the year, you get some sort of very rough data to tell you, oh, you know, maybe at the end of the year, I realize, oh, I really do like gardening. You know, it gives me a lot of joy. I feel very fulfilled. Or I really like the bookstore. I really feel like buying books. You know, and and all that, right? So that that is amazing and beautiful, right? You get data at the end of the year to let yourself know a little bit better of why you want to consume, what is what is working for you, what is not. And then uh, eventually some of these things that you thought you needed and you don't really need, they get, they get removed from your life altogether. And then for the things that you really want, you can double down your spending on them, right? And then you can focus on spending quality within that vertical that you enjoy. And to me, that is a big, big part of spending well, right? Spending consciously and knowing what you want, does it benefit you? I think that's important. It's not about not spending, right? Guarding against lifestyle inflation. It's like, oh, it's, to me, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like you think I'm idiot, man. You think I don't know that I spend more than in the future. If I spend more now in the future, I have less, man. It's like, eh, I know, right? But, but I, I can't control myself or I feel like I need it now. And I think this is a mental exercise, more than an endless reminder of, guarding against lifestyle inflation, okay? So, and I think this is a great exercise, this no-buy, low-buy situation.
yeah, so at the end of the year, after collating all this information of all the urges and all the reduced urges, uh, I do hope that you get a bit more clarity on why. And then if you really want to kind of figure out like what is enticing you to buy some of these things, why do you continuously want to own some of them? Uh, we can always maybe hold a discussion session together or we can talk about it. I think those are great, right? And to me, spending well is a big part of, of uh, living a quality life. It's not just endless consumption or like endless accumulation. Okay, and this brings me to point number three of a low buy, no buy year to combat inflation. Huh? Combat inflation is like a, just along the way. Very good, right? So point number three would be to reward yourself by buying that thing or service that stayed high on your say no list through the year. Okay, so point number two is you must essentially collate this say no list, right? At the end of the list, uh, at the end of the year, you will know what is high up on the list that you still feel like you want them. And then many other things you don't care already, right? So for the many things that you want, maybe you can do a one-time good shopping trip. Give yourself a reward, you know, set a limit budget on it, or, you know, $200, $300, $500. I think $500 spent on gardening, right? You can buy a lot of things, uh, let's say, like, around $500, even you go to the bookstore, you can buy a lot of things. Or $500, you go to the makeup counter, Okay, maybe not as much. Must see what kind of makeup. Right? So then I walked past the makeup. I was like, oh my God. I don't understand this thing. At, ah. But I'm, I'm not dissing makeup. I'm just amazed at the price that they're charging because confirm uh, a lot of the margins are high because I read Estee Lauder's report. Right? <laughs> so well, the margin very high at uh, this thing. All right, so uh, coconuts, if you get like makeup or fragrances, all these kind of stuff, you need to realize a big part of the margin goes to the brand. They pay the select. They pay their high-end fashion rope what way and, and if, if that's part of what you subscribe to, great, go ahead. But there are many other things that uh, they can go about. Some of these things and I think there are newer brands these days that are like younger, more sustainable, whatever lah. They brand themselves sustainable lah, right? Sustainable. Everybody also can use this word, okay? <laughs> but those, those uh, newer brands can maybe serve the same purpose and you can get more out of it. It's up to you. But yeah, the idea here is whatever is at the top of your say no list, they allocate a budget. You can already allocate a budget before you start this no buy, low buy year. You say that at the end of this year, I'm going to spend five bucks on the things that stay highest on this list. Right? So this is a little bit of a candy to get you to the end because important. A lot of times when we want to create habits, right? Or we want to change some of these habits or we want to rework ourselves in, in some ways, there must be a reduction of pain and an increase in pleasure. Okay? This is the best way to go about achieving anything, which is why, you know, when you look at government policy, right? They will try to incentivize you. Okay, uh, let's say they want kids, right? You know, our re whatever replenishment rate or like, you know, whatever rate is too low. They want us to have more kids. They, they say, oh, we give subsidies. You know, you get priority to how, to schools or housing or whatever. Like, I, mean, I don't know what do they give these days. But they, they give you a lot of these kind of subsidies to try to reduce the pain. Okay, and then they amp up a lot of these like fair, la, these like uh, content, la, all these kind of things to try to increase the pleasure of owning kids or let you feel like, wow, that's not bad, huh? And then when your friends start to have kids and you have casual conversation with them or casual interaction with the kids, we're like, oh yeah, that's a woman, okay. You know, that kind of thing, right? So reduction in pain, increase in pleasure is the mark or the easiest way to go about changing some habits or incentivizing people to move. So I vividly recognize that writing the say no list is very painful because you're actively using willpower and you feel the pain. So given that there's a lot of pain, I want you to also know that at the end of this tunnel, at the end of 12 months, you have already allocated a budget for that one-time good pleasure and you want to like max it out. You know, you want to get the most out of this pleasure and you want to spend this $500, $1,000 on 
the, the things that really matter to you. And to me, this is upping the pleasure, right? Increasing the pleasure game so that you will stick on the plan. Okay? And of course, uh, the other, other simple ways to stick on the plan is to show a bunch of people to do together, right? Have a pacer pack, get a bunch of people to do together. This is the best way to go about doing any kind of habit changes or discovering new things or working through things that gives you a lot of pain, right? Like, like I always tell people like, oh, you also dance on the street, very stupid, right? But a bunch of people dance on the street, become flash mob, right? Woohoo, quite cute, huh? Right? So, so this is the same idea, right? If something is very painful, you try to increase the pleasure or the potential pleasure at the end. You try to reduce the pain by getting a bunch of people to do together. I think these are all great ways to get us to stick through the plan. Okay, so at the end of this whole year, I hope you allocate a budget to then go and do a one-time goodbye on some of the things that stay highest on your say-no list. Okay, I think it would be quite fun if you do it with your partner together, right? And then mutually, you all can learn from each other and then, and then you know, talk about it over like tea, coffee. Say, hey, you know, like recently, this is this. You have some activity to do together. I think that's also really beautiful. And then sometimes, especially if you're a few years dating, right? Like now, right? A lot of you guys, a lot of you coconuts are like 30, 35. I mean, I got back-end data. Like, I don't know exactly your names, your email. I don't have those things. But I brought aggregate data of like, how old are you all? And sometimes we ask, you know, uh, all these questions on Telegram. So I know a little bit of like, where are you all? And I do think that 30, 35, probably quite a lot of you have been like a few years dating or like married for a few years, sometimes a bit sian, right? And then you got to always find the next thing to do to, to like spice out your life. Maybe, maybe this no buy, low buy thing could be also done as a couple and all with multiple couples together. Oh, that'd be very cute, right? And then in this process, we learn a little bit better about ourselves, what triggers us and we have a great thing to do at the end of the year together, right? Lovely. Well, maybe even better, I give you an even better idea. How about you get a bunch of people to do together at the end, right? During Christmas, okay? Christmas is the hallmark of consumerism, right? During Christmas, what happens is you're going to spend $500 on the other person's budget, on the, on the other person's say no list and the other person is going to spend $500 on your say no list and then you're going to buy them, they're going to buy you. Amazing, right? That's even more fun, right? So if you coconuts do that, please let me know and uh, if, if you feel like we should do like a group, you know, online check-in, Together, I think that'd be amazing. We should, we should try to do something like that, okay? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So yeah, thank you for staying to the end. I'm going to sum up today's episode. The three points for a no-buy, low-buy yeah. Okay. Number one is that you should only spend on food and personal care. In other words, bring your expenses to what people call survival or what I call minimal, right? Enough for you to live through. Don't die. Don't stink. You know, that's the main idea. And uh, remove all the spendings or all these other things that you sometimes casually buy or you get bombarded with like all these shops and all this, right? Point number two is to track the number of times you say no to spending, right? And uh, it can be like lipsticks, la, books, la, whatever, right? So, 
do a little notepad, you know, on your, on your phones. These are all sorts of apps can do that. Right now, you track every month, every month you collate and this will be your say no list. The goal is at the end of the year, you want to see what things stay high on your stay no list, what things have fizzled out that you don't really need it anymore. Okay, and number three is of course to reward yourself by buying the things and services that stay high on your say no list through the end of the year. This is to help you increase the pleasure to get to the end. So right from the start, you can say, okay, we're going to do $500, $1,000, $300, however much you feel is enough. You know, Try to give yourself a little bit more than what you usually do so that the stakes are higher, right? Like be a bit more exciting. Better still, you do that stake for someone else, right? And then in a couple, as a group of friends, I think that's so fun, right? And at the end of the day, buy some of these things that stay high on your list. And in this process, be a little bit more aware of what works for you, what do you like, and hopefully remove all the other things that, you know, you thought you needed, but you didn't. And of course, at the same time, combat inflation, save some money, maybe you can invest. So yes, with that, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge, they're much more powerful and interesting when shared, debate, and discuss. Join our community telegram group, sign up for our newsletter, follow, follow our emails, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. I think I may, I may do some stuff for our newsletter, so I may send you guys some tools that we're going to create to support everybody through this process. Maybe budgeting, lah, maybe uh, certain things here and there. So we're gonna, we're gonna try, I'm going to try to create some of these tools for all of you to sign up for our email list and let's see where this brings us, okay? And at the end of the year, I may create a program so we'll see, we'll see. Okay, just, just letting it out. I do plan to create a program at the end of the year. But from now to the end of the year, I am hoping to offer some coaching services to kind of work through some of my processes. At the same time, work through with you if you you need some of these things. So I'll let you know as I get a bit more clarity on like, where is this going, right? Because I do think only a small bunch of people will need coaching. Every one of you, free content is great enough. You don't need more, right? So let's see, let it, let's see where this goes. But yeah, just join our Telegram group. I will see you there. Okay, amazing, amazing. Oh my God, I love this, right? Every year I start with this like, oh, goal, goal, goal setting, other goal setting. Every year goal setting. Ah, beta hun. Okay, anyway, last year I already said you're going to plan for the decade, right? So if you plan for the decade, then you don't need every year to have goal setting, lah, huh? Right, but you, re- you, re- you rework some of these things, right? Not, not every year, new year, new me, and then like one month later after Chinese New Year, back to life, right? So let's do something fun this year, right? No buy, low buy, and... I think it's a great way, lah. Combat inflation, lah, amazing. Right, so do that. Let me know how it goes, and uh, we can keep each other accountable. Okay. Next week, we're gonna talk a little bit about money conversation tips. Right. So by extension of the new year, I think um, we all want to do a little bit better. Of course, I get it. It's always like that one, lah. End year, the consumption come down. Like in terms of listener consumption, then new year, everybody, wow, new year, new people want to consume. So I'm gonna put some of the important stuff <laughs> in the starting of the year. So next week, next week, I want to talk a little bit about money conversation tips because I'm sure you've heard many interviews that we do and I've talked to many people and everybody tell me, oh, you must talk to your partner, law, you must converse with your loved ones. You must, well, then I ask them, how do you do it? Right? Give me some tangible processes. Nobody can really give me satisfying answer. La. But actually deep down, I feel like I got a very satisfying answer. Right? Like I feel like I have a system here to, to kind of help all of us through this thing. Right? Because I've done this kind of money conversation on multiple levels with my partner, love, with my business partners, love, with, with all the different people uh, along the way. I've done very... Because, you know, when you run the business, sometimes business good, sometimes business not so good. You know, like we went through some low cycle in ads. So, there's all these things, right? So, I feel like I, I have harnessed quite ability to do this kind of complex 
money conversation. Right? Of course, the small little things, you 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 don't need a conversation. Nah. Just inform each other. Okay, I'm going to do this, do that. It's, a, it's times when things crash or when things are not so good, you know, you're fired or even you're promoted. Suddenly, you have a lot of money more. You have 20-30% more income or you have a kid suddenly, right? So, there are big, big changes in your life that you then need to do some money conversation with all the stakeholders, right? Which in your life will be maybe your partner, even your kids. Sometimes, I feel like, you know, at some level, you should start talking to your kids about the money situation at home. And it's not just about scaring them and all that. No, it's just about letting them know this is the situation. We can do this, 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 but maybe some of these things we have to wait. And I think kids are, are very understanding. If you talk to them, get to know them, be very patient with them. Uh, you know, as, as with how we should be very patient with each other and all that, I think, I think a lot of good things can come out of this, right? So I have thought through this process and broken them down to three steps. So next week, we're going to talk about money conversation tips. And once and for all, I hope I'm going to provide you a system to go through this process because it is grueling. It is emotionally you know, turmoil and a very messy one, all sorts of weird feelings in your in your body you know, when, when you're trying to do something like that. So yeah, we'll see you next week on Money Conversation Tips.